Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to radio show number 295 from Engage Success, a way for corporates to engage their teams with the CSR agenda. And we're going to today be talking about exactly that. I'm Jo Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage Success core team. The Engage Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice, and we're widely supported across the UK, involving the public, private, and third sectors. If you go to engagesuccess.org, you can use the link at the bottom of the page to join our newsletter list, and all our social media links are there too. My guest today is Nick Kershaw, who's founder and CEO of Impact Marathon Series. Welcome, Nick. Thanks for joining me. So lovely to, to have you with us. So start by just telling us a bit about you and Impact Marathon, or Impact Marathon Series, well, should I say. Series. Um, yes, yeah, so we are a set of uh, race, uh, not just marathons, we do 10 kilometer races as well, um, that combine travel, uh, community engagement and running, uh, specifically trail run out on, in, in the countryside and in, in nature, um, into this one week experience that takes runners um, all over the world to one community for one week in time and um, for one moment that brings together uh, a lot of different things they have power as an individual to make an impact on life. Um, so we take guys to Nepal, uh, where we work in a local community for one week. And on the final day, we go with the community and run a race together. Um, we live in Malawi, Kenya, and Guatemala now. Um, so last three years, we've built up four races. Um, yeah, that happen and build on uh, each of those communities year on year. Wow, that sounds really exciting. I'm just going to um, click a few buttons again because uh, your audio is not quite as good as when we spoke earlier. So let me just do- double check it's not something that I need to do at my end before we carry on. Hang on. I think you're still there. You're still there? Yep, I'm, I'm still here, yep. Yes, so hopefully that will be okay. <laughs> so, okay, so, no worries. Okay, so, so I know you started your career in the world um, of corporate um finance and wealth management and now you're working with volcanoes <laughs> lakes and <laughs> and lots of natural things um so mm. tell us how did that happen how did you go from uh, the, the corporate world into what you do now so i mean while i was at university i used to organize uh, trips to kilimanjaro where we would then afterwards go and visit with the projects and Seeing that combination of that physical challenge, making you realize that impossible big goals can become possible uh, and combining that with the travel and, and the community engagement side was always something that I'd, I'd quite enjoyed doing. And then yeah, I came out of university, didn't think it was possible to, to do that in the real world um, and uh, got, a, got a job uh, that sort of transitioned over the years into an impact investment job with a, a great organization called EQ Investors in London. And uh, but during that time, they were always encouraging me to do uh, other things outside of work. And I, I set up a couple of projects in, in Uganda. And uh, the whole idea that I had and the frustration I had with these projects in Uganda was that people would donate to them or support them. And then they'd put their credit card away and that would be the end of the journey. 
And I feel like to truly engage in our ability to, to make a positive impact in the world, we need to see where that money goes, why it goes there, um, what those people on the ground are doing in a, in a really powerful way. So, I mean, I was just doing a speech about that one night and I, I'd obviously had a couple of glasses of wine and I said, I want you guys to come together and you do, and we need to run a marathon. Um, and so um, Uganda Marathon was born because um, people at the end came up to me and said, oh, this, the marathon idea sounds really good. And I had no idea I'd even said it. Um, and I was just like, <laughs> I, just a joke in the middle of a speech. It was this off, off the tongue. But um, uh, suddenly, you know, we had 67 people coming out running the Uganda Marathon. It raised 80,000 pounds for charities. And we saw this like energy that week uh, of this community of 67 completely different people all come together as one. So I kind of took that model and uh, because I was an impact investment, I looked and thought, how, we, can we, how can we set up a sustainable business model that can, can do this in other communities and can work with other communities, um, but always have the needs and the ideas and the, um, the spirit of that community coming through into the race and, and, and to really own that. Um, and so next thing you know, I, I, I set up a race in Nepal and, and from there it kind of built on. So um, the Impact Marathon series, yeah, it was 2015 was when we launched. So been quite a journey. So, so tell us more about what, what that sort of week looks like, because it, it, it sounds like a, a sort of a mashup of a number of things that, you know, there, there's organisations that, you know, we hear of that, that do the sport bit of it and, and others that go and do the working with the local community and, and so on. But, but that's something that you do as part of the whole experience. So tell us more about what that week yeah. looks like. So, I mean, I think it's quite good to use um, Nepal as a good example, since that was a, the original race. Um, we Runners will come in probably on, on the Mondays when, when everything starts. A lot of runners come early to go explore Kathmandu and, and these things. But Mondays when our program starts, where we'll do a welcome evening, really set the tone for the week, um, introduce Nepal um, and introduce it as a place where we're here to learn. Like we're not here to, to be, be saviors. We're not here to, to help in, in, in that regard. We're here to, to be learning, to be joining with the community. And we, we sort of put forward those discussions and we start leading that discussion around what is impact? You know, what does impact mean? Um, and then Tuesday, we head out to some of the projects in Kathmandu um, where we'll go and visit with those projects, learn more about what they're doing, where the fundraising is going um, and why it's so important to these guys. So it's really a platform there for the guys to, for the local organizations to tell their story in a way that they never usually get an opportunity to do. Um, after that, we head up into the hills, get out of the city, um, and we build this pop-up campsite in Nepal um, because we want to make sure that, that travel, that holiday, that, that, that wow factor of travel comes through because when that happens, people suddenly, like, their minds just open in a way and you can see their eyes light up. So we set up this campsite with the Himalayas right above us um, and uh, we then spend two days working in that community that we're living in. Um, and this is something that's just transitioned. In, in the first year, we had 120 community members and 80 of our runners, all with pickaxes and building this five kilometer pipeline that brought water to the village um, all year round for the first time. Um, and the second year, we carried on developing that around the village. And by the time we got there back there in the third year, the village had actually finished off the project themselves. And every single house now has a, a plumbed in water supply with a meter attached to pay for the maintenance of the pipeline. Um, so that was a pretty like, quite an interesting catalyst type project where the community said this is what we need to do this is what we would our dream is this is how we want to use the platform and we then sort of facilitate that other races it's more around learning as well it's more about project visits we've got one which focuses on microfinance that's where we go and we we hear stories we learn we, inter we you know we get straight into the community and we we listen a lot more 
Um, just depends on the charity and stuff like that. And then Friday we rest, mm -hmm. we relax. We may have a few games or whatever. Um, and then on the Saturday uh, we do a little run. Followed by an after party. <laughs> um, up to 42 kilometers. Although actually do have one course. It's actually 44, but we don't tell people that before they start. Um, so we've got 10, 21 or 42 kilometer races. So we even get guys who, who walk the 10 kilometer. We get guys who come out and then volunteer on the team instead of running because they're not a runner or whatnot. So it's a bit of a mix. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the guys doing the 42, that's, it's usually a pretty tough course, pretty unique. It's not one you're going to get a personal best on for sure. Mm-hmm. So on the Facebook, um, we're talking, it's an event, you've talked about it being, um, I think you said holiday, travel experience mm. and so on, but you are often quoted as describing the concept as a platform. Why yeah. do you describe it as that and what's the, the difference between that and, and what it might look like from the outside? Well, I guess because we, we, we as an organization, we have the, the, the Impact Marathon series and we have the Impact Marathon Foundation. We don't have an agenda over and above uh, the fact that we love running, we love traveling, and we love seeing people empowered through these experiences. So when we create the events, we create them with a flexibility that anybody can then utilize the platform um, in whatever way they can. So um, in Nepal, for instance, the charity Street Child, who also have a race that they've put on in Sierra Leone, which is sort of the godfather of all of these impact races, um, they then came to us and said, right, how many places can we sell? You know, how many runners and supporters can we bring who can raise money for Street Child? Um, so we've had like big UK charities wanting to to have guys at that race to raise funds for them, to engage better with their supporters. Um, we've then had, uh, you know, we, we're starting this program with corporates who are using it to uh, bring out um, their employees to really see how a, a CSR program can work, to empower them, um, to take them on the journey and that's sort of physical, um, mental, and I guess spiritual in its own way as well. Um, and, and that journey uh, for the corporates to really engage their employees is, is a massive part. We then had corporates who use it as a platform to sponsor that's something totally different from their normal marketing. Um, and then there's the local charities. They're using it as a platform to tell their stories. And I guess our impact runners are using it as a platform uh, to write their story in a way. It, it, it's sort of used by different people for different things. And the national parks use it as a way to promote the because we often run in national parks you see um they use it as a way to promote the work that they're doing in the conservation they're doing and the support they're doing for their communities so every single person comes to it with a different kind of agenda and impact sort of sits here going cool what what what's your agenda what's your goal what's your target how can we empower you through that um so it becomes so much more than just turning up and running a race um, and and we, we find that we find that on the Friday evening, guys are having a beer the night before because it's like I've seen so many different things this week that the race is just a victory lap. It's just a, a great conclusion to this. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's why I guess we see it as a, as a storytelling platform rather than simply, mm. oh, come and come and run a race in the Himalayas. It, 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 it's so much more than that now. Mm -hmm. And how does that work with corporates in terms of engaging people and getting people in the organization involved um i think we've sort of touched already i mean I, before we came on air i said oh marathon not not my own <laughs> <fun." laughs> um, you know there's, there's people who support and, and do the work and don't run and all that sort of thing so how does it work within within corporate well so we're now um creating a setup where this isn't just 
get your runners, get your guys in the office who run and get them on a trip. Um, and that's not like the conversation we're having at the moment. That's not where most corporates want to go with it. Um, you want to get the guys who potentially have never shown a massive interest in impact. You want them to be going along and seeing um, what a socially responsible company could look like. You want to uh, engage those guys who wouldn't normally engage in that. Um, and then you, you've got guys who wouldn't normally run. And potentially they, uh, this whole journey is about doing something that they previously thought was impossible and helping to overcome that, as well as having that healthy office that, that's active. So we've sort of been reshaping our, our whole offering to corporates now to include a run club. So that guys, uh, we're going in and we're setting up a run club with them and guys who even, if they're not going on the trip, those employees can still be part of that run club. And along with that, we'd have then impact evenings where we're going in and again, talking about what impact looks like, getting that discussion going uh, from perspective of having worked all over the world. The team has been working all over the world for 10, 15 years altogether. And, and so we, we've seen a lot of different things in that discussion around what does corporate social policy look like today is something that we can raise in those workshops, those impact evenings. Um, and also what I've been looking at recently as well is, is actually one member of the team should be a non-runner. One member of the team, if you're sending a team of 10 employees out, that person, wouldn't it be amazing if that person's there, um, they, 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 they can't run, they've got some knee injury, it could be anything, um, but they're there to empower their fellow employees to finish that place. And they would be essentially become part of the Impact Marathon team for, for that race week. They'd put on the purple shirt uniform and they would be Impact Marathon team uh, and involved around the race course, learning from us in terms of how to uh, put events on under sometimes rather strange circumstances and, and all of those things, um, but also seeing, seeing all that side. So we thought that when you're building that team of 10, really it's over to the corporate, again, to use this as a platform. But if you were to, to, to build that team, probably you'd have some people who are attracted to the idea of travel, but are unsure about impact. And then guys are attracted to the idea of running, um, but would never normally travel for a race and so on and so forth. So you've got this great mix of people. Mm-hmm. And you link your races to one or two sustainable development goals. How, how does that work? So, I mean, we, we started in September 2015. That was really when impact started. And, and that happened to coincide with the release of the, the 2030 sustainable development goals. So from the start, we really put it at the center of, of what we were doing. And I didn't, I guess early on for me personally, I, 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 did, I saw that this was a good thing to do and, and a great way to sort of um, help people to hang their hat on, on something that they care about. So gender equality. Um, yeah, I think when we first started it, people were, um, we, we, I kind of wanted to find small projects that people would connect with. Um, and instead, what people did was, oh, all of these projects looks great. Split the fundraising between all of them and, that, and, 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 and that's great. And that kind of lost the connection we were trying to build. So the global, uh, the global goals, sustainable development goals gave us an opportunity to say, OK, let's talk about gender equality. And these are two charities that are, are, are you know, the, right on the front line of that here in Nepal. Um, or here in, in Guatemala. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then when I was in Guatemala last year, I sat down with our charity partner out there, Caras Alegres, and um, they, we, we were in, we were at one of their projects, and I just said, because it was a new girl um, there, and she, I said, what, what does, like, what's Impact Marathon to you? What do you know about us? And what's, you know, that platform question, basically, what do you, and she came up with this answer that no one had ever come up with, including myself, and I was like, wow, that, it, it, and that is basically that the global goals are this massive, intangible thing for most people most employees most most people walking around the world even if they know about the sustainable development goals they don't really understand what does zero hunger look like what does it look like in the uk so 
what we're doing is saying, okay, come and see what does zero hunger look like in Nkope village in Malawi? What does reduced inequality look like for El Rodeo community in Guatemala, which is the one that got destroyed by the volcano this June? So we're going, okay, let's look at it from a, a really very grassroots, very, very community focused, small community and say, what does it look like for these guys? And have a global discussion, create the platform for global discussion so that when we return home, we understand better what those even mean, how we can do it. And, and, and hopefully by the end of the week, there'll even be some real good examples from our runners and ideas from our runners to say, this is how I can lead this change. This is how I can be a change maker in my, my company, my community, even just my family. You know, I'm going to take my boys on a run every Saturday morning. Well, that's pretty amazing. That's impact. That will have a big impact in their world. So I guess the Global Goals started as a kind of, this makes sense, let's do it. And as I've kind of learned more and spent more time in the different communities, it's become a lot more about, okay, bring that to life, bring that global goal to life for our runners in that moment, um, in that community. And let's see what, what that can then, what, what ripple effect can come from that learning experience. So from when you've told me so far, it, it feels like the, the running's actually, I think you described it as a sort of, you know, an end um, mm sort of enjoyable thing at the end of, of the, 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 the real work, if you like, whereas yeah. I, I guess it probably jumps out to people to begin with that it's all about the running, but actually there's, there's a whole host of other uh, impact and work that you do leading up, up to that. What sort of things have your runners done other than run? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, I think that that's exactly what it is. It's a catalyst uh, that I didn't realize was a catalyst until I said the word marathon and suddenly, you know, more, you know, it used to be 10 people coming out to projects then it turned into 60 odd. And so, um, so in the run up to the week, yeah, we, we the, the big one that we've, we've kind of, I guess, set the tone for impact was what we did in Nepal and bringing water to that village. Um, but we're working at the moment, we're about to do a race in Malawi in May, where we're working um, around permaculture. And the whole kind of concept of this, and it had Mara as well, and, and, and really we're looking and we're saying, okay, so there's obviously been a, a, a huge cyclone that's, that's hit and beat Malawi and Zimbabwe in recent weeks. And we've seen that in the news, two million people displaced. And our community is actually a bit further north, so we're by it. But our community is still talking about that this is a community of subsistence farmers. And so what they grow, they eat, and that's how they feed their families. So when we're seeing rainy season go on longer than normal or rainy season being more brutal than normal or less you know less predictable when we're seeing the heat changing every year because of the impact of climate change when we're talking about it here in the uk we're we're talking about it in a very different way to how the subsistence farmers in malawi are talking where they're saying okay this is this is just more rain we can't you know we don't have the resilience to continue to feed our families because our crop yields are different every single year and there's no reliability. So therefore they rely more and more on aid and less on the subsistence farming they've built up. So we're creating um, with Naturally Africa Foundation, which is our partner there, um, a permaculture homestead, um, which will be an education for the village and for other communities uh, and will become a sort of a cooperative uh, that says, this is how we can utilize the earth better. From that, our runners are then seeing permaculture, which is essentially um, the ability to use the earth and what we have in the earth to solve the problems um, that we see. So where a farmer might see um, insects and say, we need pesticides, what permaculture says is we see insects eating our, our plants, we're going to put a load of smelly herbs next to those plants, and that will attract the insects away from there. And so um, it's use, looking at how we can utilize the earth better. So that's what we're going to be doing in Malawi. Um, 
so it changes every year and it changes from an event to event uh but all the while and um, there's that whole experience and then i guess what what brings it together the sort of the bit that makes it addictive for me at least is just the way that on the first night you've got this group of people quietly making kind of awkward small talk and they're pretty nervous and they're in a country that they <laughs> they never thought they'd ever visit and then just seeing them by the end of the week the way that they support each other on that run that run is like a demonstration of all that we've learned that week about supporting other humans that run is that moment when we all take on what is a seemingly intangible impossible goal of running a, a marathon up a live volcano and by the end of the day we've broken it down to chunks and that has been we've achieved it and we've achieved it as a group and we supported all of each other through it um that's that's the mm. real special part of the, the whole experience that that it, i can only uh it only sounds very flowery and and all of this when i describe it but but when you come out you'll understand just just what it means to, to that community um of our impact runners themselves as well as the communities we work in mm-hmm. so we we had a bit of a technical issue earlier and um we've got five minutes left but we can overrun mm. it'll keep recording us so okay. we'll do that um so talk about the the main ways that you're offering this to corporates you talked about sort of groups of 10 you talked about working within organizations and then um not everybody that was was there goes actually to the event how, how does that mm. run you've talked about having you know 80 runners and all that sort of stuff is that mm. you know 10 different eight different com- companies or whatever how, how does that all all uh, play out well, we're, what I'm keen to do is never go down the route of having too many corporates at the race itself. We'd like to work with a couple at each race. Um, and that's because, going back to what I just said about the spirit of the group and the community feeling, one of one of the things that makes it so awesome is seeing this, this vast, vast variety of people. We've had um, all sorts of different people, and they all come together in one group. And so when you have too many from one corporate or you have it's only a corporate-only race, I don't know, but I imagine that it's a slightly different atmosphere. And so we always want to leave that like a big section open to your normal runners who want to do something special. The normal, we, we've got three, three types of guys who come on our trips, guys who love the charity side, guys who love the adventure of, and travel side, and guys who love the running. Um, not everybody likes all three um, until hopefully the end of the week when they love them all. Um, <laughs> so what we'd look to do is that each race have a, a specific amount of corporate places that are available. Um, but as I said, like the package doesn't just revolve around that race. It revolves around saying, okay, we think that running is one of the most powerful tools you can have to engage anybody. We engage, you know, over almost 400 people now um, with the spirit and the power of running in communities. So we want to help you guys set up a, a regular run club. Now that's preparing them for uh, race day and that's preparing them to be, uh, to be able to achieve this goal. But it's also about bringing um, that health and that fitness and that empowerment of running into the office uh, in a really easy way. So when, when we're looking at working with, with the corporate, we're not just saying, cool, can you get 10 guys to come out to Malawi and run a race? Um, and they'll get to see how great you are. We're actually saying, how do we, how do we, what do you guys need from us to make this a journey that goes on way more than just that one week? And so we build up to it over time. And, and that can be everything from, um, you know, the top end packages, we, we have world record holders that we work with in Kenya who are very happy to come over and organize track days where you can bring all of your clients and um, all of your your staff together to do something really kind of very different from your normal wine tasting corporate evening or whatever, um, and, and actually learn how the Kenyans run track and how they became the best runners in the world. Uh, to, to everywhere from creating uh, beautiful documentaries that tell that whole story all the way through. So we're looking at what we can do that gives a far bigger power to the impact that this experience has 
to the company and to the employees um, and what we can do to elevate that. So we designed uh, three or four mm. different packages um, that we're going to be releasing in the next 14 days, um, which basically allows uh, a company to, to look at you know, what's on their budget and what's on their, their um, what, how they would want to utilize the platform. And we just build on it from there and, and, mm -hmm. and we'll do a, a bit of listening over the next three months to see how, how different organizations want to use that. And then we'll take it from there. Mm. So earlier on, I was saying marathon is like the last thing I'd see myself doing. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say to other people like me <laughs> who might be put off by the idea of a running and b running a long way? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we've we've had all sorts of different people um, running at the impact races and we've had uh, guys who come along and just walk the 10 kilometer and that's usually the spouse of a keen runner um who's like i don't really want to do this but i want to spend uh, you know everything else looks really great so they then run uh, they then walk the 10 kilometer or they can again they can mm -hmm. help with us on the team we you know we are creating races in extreme environments and the more people that we have on the team that we know that we can trust them with different parts and different different jobs that we have to do to make it a really safe and successful race they can be part of that we've got even a group of doctors who mm -hmm. volunteer their time from the uk so the uk junior consultants paramedics even consultants sometimes who volunteer come out pay their own way and uh they're called the xr medics and they cover all of our races and it's you know that you know so if you're a doctor or you've got skills like that and want to contribute then people can do it in different ways um but we tend to find the best thing you can ever do if you hate running, and this is just a general tip for life, run loads slower. Basically walk with a little jog in your step, and suddenly that builds up. I, yeah. I, I've, I've seen people build up, and every time someone says, I don't like running, I say, cool, let's go for a run. After about a kilometer, I stop, and I'm going, <laughs> you're going too fast. Stick on my shoulder. I, I literally half the pace. And I've seen someone who, who said exactly yeah. that to me. And then she, she, she got into it and then she went and ran the length of Fuerteventura, 100 miles, uh, like a year and a bit later. So wow. um, running can be a bit addictive at times as well. So I would say don't give up on running um, as a whole. No, no. I'm, I'm not sure you helped me when you talked about having doctors coming along. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I think that, that should inspire confidence. We're taking it seriously. Um, yeah, I mean, we've 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 had um, obviously we we do these races in in extraordinary environments. We've had everything from hippos on our mm -hmm. course. We've had to reroute twenty minutes before the race. Uh, we we had a race in Kenya where we had a flash hailstone storm with hailstones the size of golf balls coming down. So um, wow. yeah, we we work with great doctors because it makes sense. But I think uh, we've had uh, we've had I think over the course of nine races and almost two thousand people running races from local as well. We had one broken ankle, which which is remarkable. And touch one of luck uh, continues because uh, mm. you know it's it's mm. a bit of a different experience, but also running trail. You can, the whole spirit of the event means everyone go down and stop and take selfies. You've got the Himalayas right behind you, you know, take a selfie. Um, and, uh, yeah. but yeah, having the doctors, is, it, it just takes so much stress off of me because, um, you know, we really care about our runners and it's not normal. If, if someone um, goes down in, in, a, in a big marathon, you know, it's like, oh, 476 has gone down. When you're pulling that in, that's the number. Um, but with our guys, these guys are, are humans they're guys that we know really really well we've gotten great relationships with the guys throughout the week we know them all we know the stories their motivations why they came why they joined up they're nervous about so we're always really mm. really cautious about okay what happens if something does is it it can do that's that's running and that's running in mm. extreme environments um mm. but you know so, so far so far nothing has been the medics have been uh always always one of those uh 
think at the end I hate writing the check, but it's the best and worst money you ever spend because they they do a lot to to look after guys all the way through the week um, from you know all yeah. the different things that can happen when we travel. So amazing group and and I, I love working with them. But it shouldn't make you nervous. It should make you feel like you're part of this fantastically exactly. professional organisation. <laughs> I was being my my usual flippant self. No, you're right. <laughs> the fact that they that people want to come for the experience and have skills to offer is is great, isn't it? So remind us what your your next impact marathon is, where it is, and why you're doing it. So it's Malawi. Uh, it's in a little village called Nkope, which is about four hours drive from the capital, a long way, and it's right on the banks of Lake Malawi. So our athletes' village, as we call it. Um, although I think most of the guys that come on trips, like, I, I'm excited about being called an athlete, so I don't feel it's appropriate. But still, call it the athletes' village. That's <laughs> right on the banks of uh, Lake Malawi, and then the small, tiny fishing village. Um, and so we're working with there again. As I said before, we're working with Naturally Africa Foundation, who work specifically and create. Uh, along the way, these blueprints that can roll out again other communities and other organisations to sort of build on. That's that's uh, the race in in May, and then end of the year we've got a race in Kenya, which sort of runs. It's a bit more of a runners' race in that it it has um, these days where we go and do track sessions with elite Kenyans. But elite Kenyans are all just laughing and running behind us. It's just this great energy and experience where you're getting to run shoulder to shoulder with the best in the world. I mean. I just watched the sprint finish at the Boston Marathon that happened with the Kenya Ethiopian was was pretty happy with that mm. um, because these guys train so hard. Um, and then we also see different microfinance uh, projects that Five Talents, uh, which is a UK based in London, uh, Five Talents works across Africa. Um, and uh, we go and visit this project uh, from the slums of Mathare onto Kadicho, which is a tea growing area, um, and looking at how they use microfinance to empower the women. And then we finish off the year with our, our original race, the Nepal one, our, our fourth edition of the Nepal race, uh, where we'll be working again on, on the water and sanitation, but focusing on just around our local community. Our local community now, we've got a lot, and we don't just want to find new projects for the sake of finding um the whole idea is that it's community now ending up doing a bit of walking to get to others around the area in order to, to to see what's going on there and 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 how we utilize the platform as well so the uh the rest of uh the rest Lovely. of 2019 brilliant brilliant thank you so much for sharing that it thank just you. sounds so uh global and inspirational and and all that stuff so have i tempted so you to now. go out because because if I haven't tempted you to go out on a run, then then, then we're going to have to continue. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I'll see. I'll go and walk quickly with the dog, shall I? Is that, what that, I that is all I ask for. Make sure that dog gets a good exercise tonight. That's all I ask for. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, Mick. Thanks, Joe. So to let you know, next week there isn't a show because it's Easter Monday. But the following week, we have Dr. Nathan Rager, who's CEO and co-founding owner of Next Element. And we're going to be talking about how conflict can be a positive resource for engagement and productivity. So I look forward to speaking to you next time. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.